and welcome back, everybody. This is Bitch Breathe, and I am your host, Ricardia Bramley. So we're starting a brand new season, if you will, and I thought about a lot of subjects I could start with, but there's one that's been really, really present on my mind lately. So I thought, as always, go with what bubbles up strongest. And so today I'm going to talk about, not surprisingly, women, us again, (laughs) but I am going to come at this from a point of view that is not always easy because it requires of myself and I guess of us collectively to take a really good look at our contributions to the way our lives and our collective situation looks today. So the title of the podcast, as you've already seen, or of this episode, is When Women Are the Problem. Hmm. So many, many years ago, and for many, many years, I worked in the film business as an actor. And many years before that, I was a boarding school kid. I went to boarding school for almost eight years. And these two episodes of my life, apart from the fact that they taught me many, many really, really good things, also taught me a lot of life lessons around being a woman and being a woman in the presence of other women. And it's this presence of other women that we're going to focus on today. So in boarding school, when you were new, I came in the middle of the year, so there weren't a whole lot of other people who also joined at that time. It was very common to be a very big object of interest. And this goes especially for male interest. After all, hey, meat market and there's a new chicken (laughs) on the field. So everybody sort of checks you out. And that seems kind of normal first off. So do the women. The women check you out too. They will, this is keep in mind, dating myself 30 years ago now, but some things unfortunately have not changed. But there was a lot of competition. Now there was this new girl, maybe she was prettier or thinner. I certainly wasn't richer, but I had possibly in their eyes assets that they didn't have or that everybody already knew, so they no longer seemed that valuable. In any case, my life became very, very difficult people would group up against me, women that is, and really exclude me. Now, when you're in a regular school and people do that, you go home in the afternoon, hopefully there's one or two parents there who can catch some of that downward falling that you're doing. They can cheer you up, they can cheer you on. Maybe you have friends outside of school that you can hang out with. This is not an option in boarding school. In boarding school at four o'clock, you're still in boarding school. And so it all continues. So my strategy back then against this isolation through other women who didn't want to be my friends because the popular girls said you shouldn't be was to be friends with boys. And I kept that strategy for a very long time that my boys were just my best friends. Um, Male energy felt safer to me even and even more reliable than that of the women around me. And I thought about that the other day because so often we talk about how men have shaped us in our childhoods through the absence of a father, through the presence of a father who wasn't really useful. And we do also speak about how women shape us, but I don't think I necessarily put enough emphasis sometimes on how women shaped how I would be with them, with us, and then ultimately with myself. 
And to stand there and say that male energy felt safer, when I thought that the other day, I thought, hmm, that's not so good, right? And since then, of course, a lot has happened, and it's not always like that. But just to sort of stand there and see, okay, what what happened there? And to realize that men, unless they're threatening physical violence, because in that moment, I have no chance, but men didn't feel scary or not as scary as much as women did. Women felt like the true enemy growing up, and certainly in business. Um, Later, when I got into film business, sometimes you'd walk into a casting room, and I promise it literally felt like you were being punched in the solar plexus. That's the kind of energy that comes your way when you walk into an audition and there's a lot of people who look like you because obviously there's typecasting going on and everyone's vying for that tiny slice of cake that doesn't taste all that good anyway, but because it's been made scarce, it suddenly has value and is a commodity, right? So just this for background, <laughs> how, how I came to talk about this. So fast forward, we're in this... I don't know how many wave of feminism, there's this whole idea of sisterhood, I went into the yoga scene, and it became a lot better, I have to say. I really think a lot, a lot is happening in the collective female consciousness, which is so encouraging, and I'm so happy about it. Um, But recently, again, I came into a situation where suddenly it had been flipped around again. I was back in a situation that looked all too familiar and looked nothing like sisterhood. So I wanted to look at this topic today and ask more questions rather than sort of have a whole bunch of tools and and solutions. I hopefully have some, but I wanted to examine more than I wanted to solve. So the first aspect that I thought about was why do women hurt each other? How, even though we've done all this awakening and everybody's got a ticket on the woke train, if you will, why do we hurt each other so much? And why does it sometimes happen to us? And I'm absolutely, by the way, including myself in all of this. Why does it happen to us that the aggression and the hurtfulness is so much stronger towards females sometimes? Like I ask myself, why does that happen? How can I forgive men for having done some really, really awful things to us? But the women, ooh, I'll carry that grudge. I will hold on to it like a fucking trophy. And when I ask myself that question, I realize it's because I'm used to that. I'm used to holding this pain that women have inflicted upon me and that I have inflicted upon us. And so when you are in the habit of holding on to pain to a certain very specified group, it's very hard not to do that because, see, if we're hurting each other, and this is not a new insight, but I think a very important one, we are hurting ourselves. So we are used to this cycle of inflicting pain on ourselves and as a result on others and the other way around. And so we keep being in this pain cycle that is clearly identified as female. It can come through our mothers, our grandmothers, sisters. It's not just women out there. It's been carried forth for quite a while. And I'll get into this whole generational thing in a moment as well. But just to sort of recognize if we're holding on to pain, a grudge against another woman, because maybe, yes, she has been very unfair to us, We can't really get out of that 
without taking a good look at how often this has happened, not in terms of numbers, but in terms of how much of a history, a density of pain is there through our lives. And to separate what this woman is doing to us or we feel she's doing to us in this moment from what all the women and all of us have done to each other in our personal and collective history. So understanding why women hurt each other. And the second question I looked at was, why do we as women not recognize this conditioning? There's a lot of literature about it out there now, a lot of workshops. I personally have visited some great teachers and workshops around this topic and have been really able to heal a lot of this sort of clenched and sometimes it felt really good pain and bordering on hatred, actually, to myself, to others. Again, I, I can't, there is no other here. There never is, but especially with us women. So why are women not recognizing the conditioning? Because it's so subtle sometimes. It's so subtle. We don't even realize. Sometimes I still make a self-deprecating comment about myself so that another woman will feel better. So instead of empowering other women by being an empowered female myself, I especially in the acting arena, I began to tell jokes about myself so that women would feel better around me. I would make myself look clumsier than I was. I would say how I don't like being skinny. I am coincidentally because, I don't know, I'm my father's daughter. He just eats also and doesn't, doesn't gain weight. But I would make myself apologize for being thinner than the other women in the room and so on and so forth. And I know you've been through this too, I'm sure, or maybe you've been the other woman that witnessed this kind of taking down of, of this co-female in the room, right? So as long as we can't recognize the conditioning, recognize that we've been conditioned to fight against each other, that's one part that we know, but also to feel isolated from each other. I'm not even talking about this active fighting, oh, she has thinner legs, or da-da-da, forget all that, I'm too old for all that bullshit. But I'm talking about not feeling with each other, not sharing a space, not being able to have the generosity towards this other woman to allow her to be as strong and as beautiful and as vivacious and big as she wants to be. That is hard when we don't recognize that that is what we're doing. We're not allowing the other to be her full self. And so getting back to what I touched upon just before, the generational aspect. Why do older women guard the patriarchy like they benefited from it and like they're the people who come after them, the women who come after them, like they're going to benefit from it. Nobody does. But this whole idea of guarding the patriarchy, which is something I learned in a great workshop here in Berlin, is really valid. And I noticed it in women who came before me, for example, uh, my mom or, or teachers that I had, that they would just sort of almost protect the guy. And I mean, this goes to extremes even to this day, whether it's female genital mutilation or just your mother, your grandmother saying, oh, that's just boys. That's probably because he likes you that he's being so mean or this apologetic argument towards men like there's some sort of uh, dick driven, brainless, playful and charming, harmless 
you know, co-human. That doesn't fly with me. There, there cannot be an apology for men because oh, that's just how they are. But that's exactly how the patriarchy gets guarded. That's what we do. And I know I've made that mistake myself, and I still try to sort of self-correct, but just recognizing in the other women, not the enemy, not, oh my God, they're so dumb or they're so old, they don't get it. No, understand how they came to this decision to guard the patriarchy because of fear. Because if you didn't guard the patriarchy, you were now on the outside of it. And you know, we all know this back in the day, you did not want to be on the outside of patriarchy, because it essentially meant maybe you weren't going to be financially stable. uh, If you left a marriage, for example, this is way back, right? Or you weren't going to get that promotion that you wanted, because everyone who's making the decision about your promotion is male, and so on and so forth. So recognizing where we guard the patriarchy ourselves, and then maybe stepping out of our comfort zone, and helping that other woman, even if we don't like her, maybe, I know this is hard to do, but to recognize we are the ones who can guard the patriarchy, but we're also the ones who can challenge it and take it the hell down. And then this one that follows now was very painful for me to recognize that that is indeed what is going on. And that is, why is it so much easier sometimes to, and I'm using this word, hate other women more than men. So I've noticed it in myself and in friends around me in a very heteronormative context, keep in mind, that men have done awful things in relationships to their spouses, in their business relationships, in the kind of decisions they take personally and professionally. And they've been forgiven. They've been understood Or people, women, just moved on from these transgressions. But when a best friend let us down in a a really, really deep way, when she hurt us, in my case, me, I couldn't, I couldn't let it go. I felt deceived and hurt on a level that I felt a man could have never, ever reached. And why was it so easy to forgive an ex-husband who was such a horrible, horrible person, as it turned out in the end, for example, now. But it wasn't easy to forgive my best friend who had totally, totally let me down when I needed her most, and even really, really just dropped me off her radar when that happened. That took longer than the other situation. And I asked myself, why am I still hating on her? but not on him, when what he did was a thousand times worse than what she did. And the painful answer I came to was, I have higher expectations of women than I have of men. So here's me putting men also in this horrible context of, ah, you're, un- you're going to underperform every time anyway when it comes to relationships, so I'm not even going to expect too much from you. And then the other side of that hypocrisy is, But you, as a woman, I'm going to hold you to twice, no, ten times the standard that I hold the man. So if you fuck up, you're a bad person, and I will hold on to that grudge, and I will hunt it down any times it tries to escape me. So there's a double standard here. It's easier to, yeah, dislike, to, to strongly resent the women, the women we loved, 
and love in our lives than men. That seemed really painful to me. How could I do that to my best friends, even if we didn't mean to be together anymore, but to sort of hold on to it much more than I did to the to the other guy? That was a, a painful realization. So maybe in terms of not solution, but in terms of thoughts around the subject, maybe there's a way to soften and to equalize this standard a little bit that we have around what it is we expect of men, and so thereby not making them any less of a human than they are, and what we expect of the women and not expecting her to be infallible and perfect. The next one I came to really relates to a situation I have just been in not too long ago in a new context, and I realized I had become the target. So this was harking back to very old days. I hadn't been in this situation for an extremely long time. So for me to suddenly have become the target of female resentment was surprising. It was very surprising because here we are in this feminist wave. Everybody's so woke. You got your hashtag me too and down with the patriarchy and all this sisterhood talk and Audre Lorde, who's one of my favorite authors for like 25 years, suddenly being quoted all over the place. And suddenly I'm in a situation where I'm like, I'm sorry, um, how did this happen? Where is this coming from? I haven't been confronted and hated on in this way for an incredibly long time. I didn't even realize people still operated this way. Now, I know this is very, very naive, but keep in mind, I had been in the yoga scene for what is now, I had returned to it, 10 years, right? And in that scene, people aren't perfect, of course, but they are constantly trying to transform, at least the good ones, you know, if they're not just sort of utilizing yoga as a fashion statement, but actually trying to do the work then they're trying to transform. And so, yes, there are transgressions, but you can deal with them because everyone's in an effort to reflect and understand. But suddenly I had com been completely taken out of that context and I was being attacked. And I felt, you know, unfairly treated. I kept looking at myself. How did I contribute to this? Why is this in my movie? The Kabbalists would say in a... In, in that context, they have um, some really, really great uh, teachings around this situation. And so why is this happening? And how am I going to deal with it? Because I don't want to be that woman. It, it kept bringing out the worst kind of reptile sort of feelings inside me that I really, really resented and felt very repelled by. So I wondered, well, how do you deal with this now when you feel you're being poorly treated and there are always two sides to the story, and I will never for a moment pretend that I understand the other side always. But what I did understand was that I did not want to accept being treated this way, and I wasn't going to go the old route of boarding school time and um, acting where I'm just going to then hate back or hit back and be self-deprecating and, and sort of, you know, l trying to level with this person so they would like me. It's just not how we operate anymore in our 40s, at least I'm hoping. So when I realized that being understanding of how this other woman got to this position that she holds, that was already really helpful. To just understand it, that doesn't mean I agree with it, that doesn't mean I like her more, but I understand how she got here, right? And the second part was, that even though I understand it, I don't have to take it. I don't have to 
take on your history of shit or your resentment towards me. I don't have to take it on. There are boundaries I can draw and draw them. You do at some point, because if you don't draw them, obviously, it's going to get really, really hard to protect yourself. So in realizing that there's a way to set up boundaries that can be very, very difficult and tough and have a lot of consequences was the way forward for me was to understand, you know, that whole idea of be kind, but don't take any shit and sort of traveling that route so that you don't become this woman who hates another woman who then counter attacks in any way. What's the point? Really? It's only going to fire back on you, right? And to understand that just because everyone's more emotional, or I'm going to go ahead and rephrase that, seems more emotional than men are or men in business are, that doesn't mean you can't get this under control. And what it mostly means is that we don't dish out more than necessary because this is a female opponent. And there's a temptation there that I think I I began to really temper as all these years of yoga and stuff go by is to keep looking at where am I dishing out even more strongly because this is a woman? And is there a way to have a much more, a much significantly more measured response? And I found that if we look at how this person arrived here, how both are very emotional, how there are lessons that need to be learned by that person and by ourselves, that we can then have a measured response that works for us. It might not look like it works for the other person, but that's just the situation, right? As soon as there's two people, there's going to be two different perspectives. But just to keep coming back to our own and examine how we got here. And then lastly, my very last one. With all this mm, opposing polarity, dichotomy, duality between the male, the female, between men and women, and then each of them identifying as the other, um, and everything in between, the fluidity that's luckily happening now also in, in gender, in sexuality, in the interaction of the male, the female energy, I asked myself, well... We know about that, but what if in all these developments of men having all the power, women getting underpaid and all this stuff, what if it's been us all along? Where have we in a major, major way, in a painful way, how did we let this happen? Because yes, we're physically often not in the same realm with a guy. A man will often be physically stronger than us. So there are those situations. Yeah, what are you going to do? Especially historically, or if you're in an abusive relationship, physically abusive relationship, even if they don't actually become physical, the fact that they could, the fact that that potential is in the room is already a game changer. And that's not, however, the context I speak of. What I mean is, what if are not recognizing each other, not holding each other, not being safe with each other, and in fact aligning with, I'm going to call him the enemy for now, with the male part of the population, has allowed all of these things to go on more strongly and a lot longer, because that's exactly what happened, in my opinion. And I'd love to hear yours, especially if you don't share mine. What if 
We don't need them to cooperate so much. We don't need them to understand so much. We don't need them to take the first step because we, as a species, do it for and with each other. We take the first step. We gather, we regroup, we understand each other's hurt, and we make it a fucking party, a big, big collective shift in consciousness that all the power we ever needed and ever will need to keep this feminist wave also alive so it doesn't go dormant again is us. We are what we need. We don't necessarily need all the men to get on board and for all the old white men to understand what the fuck they've done wrong. Maybe what if we can take that out of the equation? Because we are, and I've said this in an episode before, half of the population. What if it's been us all along? I want to keep it with that open question because I would love for us to have more answers to it than what I can provide as, a, as an only person here in this little podcast of mine. What if it's been us all along? What if we recognize that? How will we change how we interact with each other and what we do even just today, but also going forward. I'm really curious. So that was a really, really, um, for me, super important topic. It's one I've been wanting to talk about forever because, of course, it has shaped my life and I know that of all the women around me in such incredible ways and often underestimated ways that I'm happy I was able to address it today. Please go ahead if you like what you heard to rate to review the podcast on iTunes. I've been asked how to do that by a lot of people. So you have to sort of scroll down underneath all the episodes on Spotify, for example. Um, and then you can rate the episode. And then of course, on iTunes as a way to do it as well. So it really helps visibility and for other people to find the podcast. I'd really be happy if you could do that. All right. I hope you're well. I hope things are going okay for you in this incredibly confusing time. And I'm looking forward to speaking to you next time. Until then, stay well. Mm -hmm.